Towards the end of World War II, my country detonated atomic bombs over Japanese cities, immediately killing thousands of civilians and thousands more soon after, and maiming thousands for the rest of their lives. I was born in 1949. My generation was taught that this military action was required to end the war, and I bought it. Since 1945, our world has filled with more powerful atomic bombs, in the hope that the threat of mutual destruction will dissuade their usage. So far, besides Nagasaki and Hiroshima, we have been lucky, but for how long? I'm Alan Winson, and this year, 2023, for Passover, I walked with peace activists from Las Vegas to Creech Air Force Base, the center of U.S. drone warfare, and then to the Nevada nuclear test site, where, until the early 1990s, my country detonated over 1,000 atomic bombs. I went because I wanted to learn why, for the past 40 years, people of various beliefs and ethnicities gathered in Las Vegas to walk the 60 miles to the entrance of the Nevada nuclear test site, where armed military stopped them at a broad white line in the desert road. Why each year they went to plead for an end to nuclear armament, when the need is so dire and change so impossible. Day 3. Title? Yes, it snows in the desert. Rested from our walk through Las Vegas, the sacred peace walkers headed out of the Nevada Desert Experience Compound for the walk in the desert, north of the city. I went with Darcy Ike in his weather-beaten gear ship sedan to the starting point at Kyle Canyon on Highway 157, several miles north of Las Vegas. We followed the Porto Potty trailer for a while, but then Darcy said he knew a better way, and in fact he did. When we arrived at Kyle Canyon, Western Shoshone Tribal Chief Johnny Bob and his wife Mary Lou had started the morning circle. Today, we walked that road in a good way. We all think the same, because in our prayers, we all pray for the same thing. Our son, our Appa, our God. That's who we follow. That's our law. He gave us that law to take care of everything. I want to sing a song. And we'll dance in a circle. Just as we were starting to walk, we learned that Darcy was ill heart issues, and had gone to a hospital. But he would return to the walk on Wednesday. It was clear the excitement that was in the air as we started the first leg of our walk to Mercury, the entrance to the Nevada nuclear test site, 50 miles in front of us. The wind was a bit brisk, and the skies were getting muddy. That day we were to walk 15 miles to Lee Canyon, we never made it. 
As the walkers moved off down the road in front of me, I stopped and talked with Johnny Bob and Mary Lou. Why did you stop here and let everybody move on? Because we're going back. You're going back. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm going forward. We'll, we'll we're see always you. going forward. We're always we're going, going forward. Back right, 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 right. <laughs> okay. If we don't see right. you. Take care. Yeah, yeah. If we don't see you tomorrow, we'll definitely see you Wednesday. Okay. Don't get blown away here. No, don't you get blown away. Is it away. usually windy like this? Uh, Moving along 50 yards in front of the walkers, a police car kept watch. And the wind, well, that wind was picking up and the cold rain came and then, oh boy. I caught up with Senji Kanata, the Buddhist monk who walks the world for peace. I would talk with Senji later in the week. And then I caught up with George Killingsworth, an actor and drama professor. George is the oldest of the walkers and could always be found at the front of the line, carrying a large, colorful flag of peace. And in that wind, it could not have been easy. It looks like you're struggling carrying this flag uh, in the wind. Oh, okay. Uh, 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 you're going to have obstacles to overcome, right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> this is, the wind is an obstacle. Yeah, right. Yeah, they, that's the theater thing, right? <laughs> if there's no uh, obstruction, there's, there's no drama. <laughs> so this is all part of the theater of this walk. That's right, that's right. right. I'm loving it. Well, Being in a, the desert. It's a great sound. <laughs> yeah. The violence of the flag. All right. We're here with Karen, and she's got a sign that says, Honk for Peace. How did you get started in this, Karen? Well, actually, I think I went to the Unitarian Church for a while. Justice for Our Desert concert was the first thing I went to, was a concert from Nevada Desert Experience. And Brian, uh, no, Robert was there and made me a sandwich with, with mozzarella and tomato. And it was such a welcoming environment. I was like, wow, this is so cool. And Johnny Bob was there doing the prayer. And I was like, well, this is something I've never experienced. And I helped out with the MLK parade. We made the float. And I was, you know, I love to paint. And then he said, oh, you're going to come and walk with us? I'm like, Oh, I guess so. And I've, I've done it ever since. I always will try to do the MLK Parade. It's such a beautiful experience. Right now, I'm a special ed teacher's aide in a preschool classroom. Um, before that, I was a mother. Uh, I used to be a stay-at-home mom for a while. And then before that, I taught high school Spanish. Well, I'm looking for a truck. Okay, if we get one. I'm looking for a big... Honk we want beat. that. Mm -mm. Oh, I got a couple. And this was a nice big well, sign. This is good. It's clear. Yeah, and it's fun. I remember the first time I ever went to any protest, my mom was in the teachers' union. Right. All right. That's a good one. A red truck. Yeah. But we had a strike, and I remember as a child, that I got to hold a sign that said honk for teachers or something. Okay. And that would, I was like, ah, it's kind of fun to stand on the side of the road with a sign and ask some people to honk. Please. All right, we got a good truck coming. Come on, Come on big time. You see this? All right, uh, all right, I'm going to move gonna, on. Keep, you're going to walk so you can, don't get too far I mean, behind? I don't want to get too far behind. Okay. Nice talking with you. Karen, yeah. the teacher yeah, from I Las Vegas. Okay. The 
wind continued to whip around us, pulling strongly at any loose clothing, and then a cold rain, then hail, finally snow. Several of us caught up with the porto potty and used it to block the wind as we wrapped ourselves together in a community blanket. Tessa ran out into the wind with her blanket, held it aloft as it billowed out behind her, dragging her backwards, laughing ecstatically. Finally, Karen arrived, and we piled into her car. So nice, so warm. Desert, it's, it's, this is wild. It's never snowed like this before. You know what they say, uh, be careful with your expectations. And, and it's really snowing. Does anyone just want to say something about how they're doing, how they're feeling, what they just went through? It was pretty cold, Alan. Uh, fun to dance around with everybody. Glad, glad to be in a car right now. And you were dancing to stay warm. Right, exactly. I mean, I've never experienced wind like that. I've been to hurricanes, and we felt like we were being blown away here on the middle of the desert, just just north of uh, Las Vegas. Tessa, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. Car's gorgeous, and you're having um, fun out there. Yeah. Well, you know what? Dancing is fun, and it really kept you warm and so forth. We were wrapped up in blankets, but at one point, if you if you had the blanket to the wind and you behind it it kept the wind off turn around suddenly you're super woman <laughs> and you just had to jump and you would and fly you would backwards you'd be back in las vegas in about four minutes that's right that's it was right. all right we did have fun i feel i bonded with my porter party friends because we were standing with the porter potty shielding us from the wind but as we were five we had to stand up on one platform stand on the next platform all wrapped in blankets <laughs> well, we were we were part porter potty blanket buddies right <laughs> theo any any statement yeah you know uh Dan Berrigan said peacemaking is uh, costly, is at least as costly as the making of war. So, uh, I don't know, maybe our uh, prayers for peace got, are worth a little bit more since we stood out in the snow for an hour. It is a report from Karen's car as we head up to Sekhmet. Our first day of walking, actually our second day of walking, but first day of walking in the desert on the 2023 Sacred Peace Walk for the Nevada Desert Experience. Signing off for now. Yeah, so I was just complaining about being too hot in this garden. Theo just told me I can get out and walk. Thank you very much, Theo. Eventually, all of the walkers were ferried out of the storm to the Temple of Goddess Spirituality, where we would camp for a couple of nights. The temple is located at the Cactus Spring Oasis between the Creech Air Force Base, where men and women are trained and operate military drones in war zones all over the world, and the entrance to the Nevada nuclear test site, about 17 miles to the west. With help from Aria, Mary Claire runs the temple. She is an attractive, academic, mothering fireball of energy. On this wintry afternoon, Mary Claire magically pulled together a delicious meal for 30 in just a few minutes, and then plied us with trays filled 
with warm, freshly baked peanut butter cookies. I had found heaven in a snowy desert. I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm, I'm just going to collect some salad. It's difficult to describe the Sekhmet Goddess Temple. It is part camp, part religious sanctuary, retreat, part desert art, and delightfully female, exuding a nurturing quality, a sense of safety and warmth. And after our walk in the blasting desert wind and snow, for me, Mary Claire's place felt like home. Well, just because this, we have a, a little bit of a septic issue right now, <laughs> so um, that we're having to uh, find the funds to purchase the materials to extend the um, leach field beyond the cottonwood tree roots so that we don't have to poison it. So we're in the midst of that. All that to say, any of you who want to blow in the wind, feel free um, to water the desert um, for those purposes. And the bathrooms, the one that's back here, and then the two that are to the left of the porta potty, which are flushed outdoor toilets, if you just either flush it um, conservatively, put the paper in the waste paper basket, and everything should be fine. But that, sorry about the blowing in the wind, but I just pictured that some of you might want to blow in the wind when you're peeing. I'm really kind of irreverent. This is a but. different kind of how many seas must a white dove sail before she sleeps in the sand? The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. The answer is blowing in the wind. Leaving Mary Claire's warm sanctuary with its wood-burning stove, piles of warm cookies, I located a spot in the desert nearby and closer to the Sekhmet Temple to set up my tent. Silver of Staten Island, New York, helped me, thank goodness. We then gathered at the community patio area for some delicious hot soup and cornbread, after which I sat down next to Aria, who was playing the handpan. Is that a piece, or did you...? No, it's just kind of what speaks to me when I uh, um, want to have a moment to share time with her. She's a little sensitive, so like I feel one side being too cold, so I'm going to turn her around and play it a little bit again, and then I'm going to put her in her case. Let um, her get some sleep. Well, she's... It's, it's not just rest, it's more like it's consideration for the, the instrument, who's a friend, and... Uh, the material is very, it's, it's, it's nitrated steel, so uh, if it's too cold, it, it can go out of tune. If it's too hot, it can go out of tune. Did it sound good today? Yeah. I think so. It's a, it's a beautiful instrument. Beautiful. 
It's an instrument that I think um, I think it speaks to community. I think it speaks to community um, connection, and it speaks to the heart. You know, not too much thinking, not too much feeling, but straight to the heart, which is where it feels like, at least in my thinking, that people are connected. Is there formal music written for it? There is formal music written for it, but not by me. Um, she's been a friend for about a year, and I've just been getting to know her before I really start um, taking lessons. So I'm a, I'm a true novice, but at the same time, uh, she's a true friend. So she's patient with me, and I find getting to know her um, enchanting. Well, it's, it's kind of a love affair. <laughs> this is the beginning of it. There you go. It's a, it is a love. I think that sound, sound is used in so many ways, and today sound um, is very... Um, uh, almost it's very disorientated in many ways whether it's uh, massive sounds in the city or the crazy planes that fly above us so sound the voice that can be used in any way so can any other sound it can be used to bring people together or it can use be used for other things and I think um, a great deal of what's happening in society is sound is being utilized um, against people rather than with them and for them. When a detonation goes off and the whole ground shakes across the street, it reverberates here and it disturbs all the animals and the birds. And it doesn't feel very nice. I mean, you know, feelings are feelings and sometimes they're nice and sometimes they're not so nice. What I have noticed on some media, which is why I don't watch it very often, as it seems um, purposely dis disruptive. It seems like people are surrounded by so many sounds and so many distractions with a certain vibration that doesn't foster um, living well. And I, I support living well. We are at Sekhmet Temple, Cactus Springs. We are located between the Nevada Test Site and the drone-laden um, Air Force Base and a couple of maximum security prisons. And so this was put here as an outpost of peace. We are children of the earth, so we live with her, we pray with her, we pray with the waters. We don't just walk upon her and treat things as resources that belong to her. I've, I've hung around Johnny Bob for just a few days now, but you kind of sound like him. Well, I'm... Um, I know him for a couple minutes, and uh, I think that that people live with the earth. They have a different understanding. The last, um, like the last spiritual leader, who was beloved, he used to say, um, "It's the way it is. <laughs> one water, one air, one earth." Do you say something about the temple itself? You're, this is a matriarchal place. I don't know if that's an appropriate way of putting it. It's a house of the mother that perpetuates mothering, that perpetuates the gift. So what we call the gift economy, you can look at it in economic forms, but in reality, the earth gifts us everything. She gifts us a home. She gifts us warmth. She gives us cold. She gifts us water. And when we gift people, there's no longer a need for people to take. They can then feel fulfilled and gift on. Whereas in the market economy, it's a more of a dominating way of living. You have to give, you have to like 
give something to get something. And this is somewhat based on Genevieve Vaughan? Genevieve Vaughan, actually, I mean, I, I would never compare what I would say to her. She's a mastermind, I feel, of the gift economy and speaks in an arena that I am not really um, familiar with. Genevieve Vaughan was a major player in the establishment of the Sekhmet Temple. An American peace activist, feminist, and philanthropist, she made a distinction between capitalism's patriarchic exchange economy and gift-giving, or the qualities of mothering to foster positive social change. Vaughan bought the land for the temple and then deeded it back to the Western Shoshone tribe who had inhabited this desert land. Early on, Vaughn linked the temple with ongoing protests at the Nevada nuclear test site just down the road. For Vaughn, Mother Earth had been injured, with nuclear waste stored in her wounds. We are on Shoshone land. All of this land is Shoshone, it's Paiute. These are the lands of the peoples, and there's never been, like, a sold contract. (laughs) So that makes it a little dicey. It also makes it confusing. There's a lot of people who I just have no idea. They have no idea. You know, they just think, oh, I was born in this city, this is my city. Well, who lived there before? And who was kicked out of there? How did you get here? Huh. Through my mother. <laughs> being well, we all got here through our mother, yeah. Being birthed by my mother <laughs> is how I got here. But I've been, I've been visiting here for um, about 20 years, and uh, I am of a moon circle from inside the city and was called out here at different times. Uh, I lived out here for a little while in 2011, 2012, but this time I was invited to help hold the space while people are working through and navigating what the things that they're navigating so that they can come here and feel good in a good way and just sit with essence, whatever that means to them. What, what is the place of, a, of, of the man here? I know our... Um, Catholic worker Dave, um, Veterans for Peace guy, he does a lot of work here. What is the place of of the male here? Um, The place of the male here is is the same place as any of Mother Earth's children, which is a place to sit with essence and to reflect on what is nourishing, what is sustaining, and how can we hold that in our heart so that we come from the middle, from the place of knowing. There's a place inside of us that is a place of knowing, that is a gift from Mother Earth, in which all of us, no matter how we identify, what, what, how we came into the world, whether it's called a man or a woman, it, it's a child of the Earth. And so, for me, the male's place is, is that. It's another being that has an opportunity to come sit with the essence of the Mother and to find that essence within himself. But you and Mary Claire are the authorities here. You're the bosses. Um, I can I can see it. Well, that's uh, that's a <laughs> that's an interesting reflection. Um, we consider ourselves uh, co-care tenders. I've been a, a priestess for about I don't know, twenty half my life, so about twenty-five years. And this is a, a place that is honoring of the old ways of priestesses of the matriarchal lineages. You know, it's very interesting that nobody pays attention to anything that you say that's matriarchal because it seems like too uppity, like, oh, women are trying to be on top. But they'll listen if you say matrilineal, right? Because it's just the lineages of women. I've always found, I found that interesting. 
and I don't think it's about somebody being on top. I think about it's about all of us understanding how to do it together. It's like a school of fish, how a school of fish moves. And I think that's where we're, we're moving to. I, l I love the, the, the boat on a rocky ocean um, uh, analogy that you had, where you, you can't stand stiff. You can't stick to a certain perspective. You've got to move with the moment. Right, right. That seems very, I don't know, woman. <laughs> moving with the moment. Well, moving with the moment. Moving, what is a moment? A moment is, is water. It's like water. Try to stay in one place in the ocean. A very kind woman asked me that. Can you stay in one place in the ocean? If you're an anchor, you can. Not really. That boat's not going to stay in one place. It's going to float and bob around that. And that anchor actually will move, even if it's only a little fraction of a, a space. And just like over time, and water flowing over rocks, it begins to change the architecture that is Mother Earth. And she decides. Not us tiny people walking with her, who are her children, who are learning to learn from her. These uh, military people around here have a lot to learn. Um, Do they learn anything from you all by being here? Do they see you? You know, that's more a question for them because each person is an individual. I was in the military for eight years, and I served for my reasons, and I left for my reasons because I feel that we walk with the earth, not on top of her. I feel that it is a, mm, a confusion or a misunderstanding, the idea that we have ownership of she who birthed us. You know, the elements, it's like we all breathe the same air. We are all water. I'm water, you're water. Your water's my water's, our water's. It's a part of the earth. Right? Our bodies are mostly water. Her body's mostly water. We actually move in the rhythms of that. But water is also emotion. So if there is destructive sounds and jangling sounds, which seem actually purposeful in many ways, then how can people settle in with Mother Earth and hear her waters? If there's all that jangling going on. Yeah, there's all them jet engines and people screaming at each other or thinking that might is right. I mean, it's a way to go. I, I don't, it's not really a part of my thinking, but it seems to be a, lot, a part of many others. Right. Well, I think we've, we've done a full circle here. Oh, well, thank you. I didn't expect you to pull out a microphone. I didn't either. Oh, I see. But I saw the opportunity, so I thought we'd talk. I see. Well, thank you. Well, thank you very much. I want to have some soup. Something if you give it away, give it away, give it away. Love is something if you give it away, then you end up having more.